0: And welcome back to a mailbag edition of the PensCast. I am your host, Garrett Behanna. As always, alongside me, fellow Pensburg contributor and co-host of the PensCast and of the Skating Penguin Network, it is Robbie Noggle. Robbie, uh, this is kind of what we wanted to do last week. This will be the first uh, first real sort of smaller-paced, smaller-chunk, bite-sized episode, however you want to describe it. Uh, this episode is going to be devoted to a seven-question mailbag. No news, all uh, mailbag-related topics and questions, and uh, before we dive into it, if you're interested in contributing to any future episodes of the PensCast mailbag, you can do so by following the, you can follow the podcast, the Skating Penguin Network, you can follow it all. Just go on Twitter at penguins ffsn you can stay up to date on all the latest podcast releases any sort of new announcements we have regarding the podcast and the skating penguin network and fans first sports network you can find by following the uh, skating penguin network again on twitter so uh without further ado robbie let's dive into this mailbag segment and all seven questions this week come from brian brian wants to know first question for you robbie What will Sidney Crosby's statue be when he hangs up the skates? I vote for the shot from one knee or his backhand goal against the Islanders in his return game from his concussion issues in 2011. I have to believe Gino deserves a statue, too. What would his be? His hat trick goal against Carolina in the Eastern Conference final? Robbie, we're talking statues for question number one what are your thoughts on who's getting a statue? What kind of statue are Crosby and Malkin and potentially Latang too. We'll throw Latang in there. Uh, what kind of statues do you think the big two or the big three get when they hang them up?
1: So if you're going with the two or the three, I think you could do like a, like a triple statue, a triple headed kind of statue. Even if you just do Malkin and Crosby, I think you could do a two person statue. But I think that if you're going all three, then I, th- I think you have to – if you're going to do two, you have to do three. These guys are quite clearly the the big three of the Penguins franchise for this era. I think it's been well established. They're all likely going to finish their careers in Pittsburgh. So I think if you're going to do two, got to do at least three of that. And I just don't think you can leave – it's obviously at least Malkin and Crosby. I don't think you can leave this hangout. Uh, and you only have so much room. For statues, And it kind of makes sense to do to do three. I mean, they're they all signify uh, this one area and it can be it doesn't even have to be necessarily a specific moment. If you're doing all three, it can be all three just kind of skating and kind of just together. Um, it could be a kind of celebration, the three hands over shoulders kind of celebrating a goal kind of thing. But if you're going specific moments something with Latang's goal uh, against the Capitals in 2009 to beat them in overtime to kind of save that series and then go on to win the cup or maybe his celebration from his gate what turned out to be the game winner in 2016 against the Sharks Malkin do you maybe do the Baron like wind up shot the follow through maybe I think that's one you could easily see the backhand on Ward in 2009 is another a uh, very good option uh, it feels like we're all picking from earlier in their career. That just shows you how many moments there are that these guys uh, could potentially get put into a bronze statue. Uh, for Crosby, any kind of backhand, I mean, there's been, it feels like, hundreds of them. Just maybe him working the corner, um, kind of protecting the puck. That's been kind of his signature. Doesn't necessarily have to be a goal. Or maybe it's him raising the cup. Uh, as the captain, get the C on there. Just one of those moments where he grabs the cup and he uh, is lifting it above his head for the first time around the ice after getting it from the commissioner. So a lot of great options for all three guys. I think that the way that it's been kind of aligned with these guys being the big three, I think all three will get a statue or be represented in some kind of statue to remember their time in Pittsburgh, to memorialize their time in Pittsburgh. I think all three will have their numbers retired at some point. So uh, whatever the Penguins decide to do, there's plenty of options for a quote-unquote pose that they could do. So it'll be interesting to see what exactly uh, they go with. But I, I'm kind of leaning toward the, the three-person option, kind of bringing them all together to signify that these guys were the the core of this team, and they were there for the, the, the entire run. Uh, they never left Pittsburgh. Even when they had the chance to leave Pittsburgh – they always came back to Pittsburgh. They were the signature players of this generation. So I like the the, the trio idea. Maybe outside the uh, entrance that's on, uh, what is that, 5th Avenue, Center Avenue. I think it's 5th Avenue, uh, down where all the bars and stuff are. Put a statue there outside that gate because there's kind of an empty space there to begin with. They could easily uh, find some space there, but you're going to want to put it at a place where it's – easy to visit and stuff like that. I kind of like the Lemieux statue is. So yeah, all three are going to get the number retired, I think, and uh, all three deserve a statue. So uh, whatever pose they decide to go with, uh, there's plenty to choose from. Uh, question number two, as we said, all these were from Brian. So we'll just kind of skip over that part. Thatcher Demko, who's a goaltender uh, said he's open to a change of senior. And I think uh, if you can make a trade happen, you do. Uh, in my opinion, he's a top five goalie when healthy don't get me wrong, would like to see Jari uh, re sign, but reports of chronic hip issues and its inability to stay in the lineup uh, have me concerned.
0: There are probably a multitude of issues that the Penguins face heading into this offseason. Will Ron Hextall be back? Will they find the camp space to re-sign Jason Zucker? Will Tristan Jari get a contract extension given his health issues that Brian already mentioned? That is concerning to me as well. And I, I've seen rumblings on Twitter. Again, nothing confirmed, nothing from official sources. But, you know, fans who are obviously closely connected into the online sphere of the Penguins fandom who I follow and respect very highly, you—they're know, all saying the same thing. Tristan Jari doesn't look right. Is he scared to re-aggravate this chronic hip injury? I, we don't even know. We haven't even been briefed, and I—I I don't know. I don't know if we even will be given some sort of official diagnosis. Maybe in the off we will, when games aren't being played. But going back to Thatcher Demco He's not really having the best of seasons this year with the Vancouver Canucks, but then again, the Canucks really aren't having the the greatest season as a whole this season. In 20 games played, Thatcher Demko is 7-11-2, with a 3.48 goals against and an 8.94 save percentage. But his career save percentage is 9-10, and his career goals against is. 2.92 so i i agree with brian that i think there's a very competent capable goaltender here when he's healthy and perhaps on a better team he's only 27 years old looking at his contract he has a five million dollar cap hit for uh the next three seasons t- the 23 24 24 25 and 25 26 season a flat cap of five million dollars per season so if jari doesn't get re-signed Maybe uh, we're just spitballing here. Maybe you trade Jari to Vancouver. Maybe Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine uh, like what they see interest in Jari. Maybe they swap goaltenders, like Brian says, change of scenery, that kind of thing. Those kinds of trades are pretty frequent, pretty common in hockey. So it could be you know a change of scenery for Jari too. If the Penguins choose not to re-sign him uh, because of injury concerns or whatnot, then I I would be all for trying to acquire Thatcher Demko. I think he would be a great young goaltender under team control who, given his career statistics, again, maybe not so much the the 22-23 season, but his career statistics leave me at least impressed on the surface that Thatcher Demko is competent enough and can definitely win you games if he was available. So uh, again, this is all hypothetical. We're just spitballing here. But yeah, absolutely. I like the idea of trying to go after Thatcher Demko if he is available. Question number three, What do you think happens, Robbie, if Marcus Naslund was never traded in 1996? Brian believes that Sid and Gino probably are not Penguins if Naslund stays with the Penguins.
1: Yeah, the the Marcus Naslund deal is obviously, looking back, it's probably one of the worst trades in Penguins history, given what Marcus Naslund became. But he makes a good point that given his time in his career – when he would have played in Pittsburgh very well at Sid and Gino aren't penguins. And that's kind of a, I guess, a blessing in disguise. You obviously don't know it um, at the time that something like that's eventually going to lead to what we have now. And the penguins very well, maybe they have more cups. Maybe they don't. Uh, maybe they probably don't win in 09, 16 and 17. Those guys aren't here. Yeah. That's a very real reality that could have happened. Um, had the Marcus Naslund trade never happened. And uh, it's always, again, it's always said one of the worst deals in Penguin's history. But if you look at what came after it, it's it's hard not to say that if Naslins is Pittsburgh, they're never as bad as they are those years, the the dark years that eventually led to Crosby and Malkin, Stahl, flurry, all those guys. Uh, and Letang's in that conversation too, because of the where, Uh, He was selected. If the Penguins pick a little bit later, they might never get Chris Letang either. So uh, it's a completely valid uh, question to bring up because you never know what happens if Marcus Nislin remains in Pittsburgh and that talent uh, is kept here. Uh, The Penguins, I'd say it's a very uh, greater than 50% chance that they don't get Gino and all the other pieces have made this era of Penguins hockey possible. And I don't know if the era preceding this would not have been as bad, but I don't think it would have been nearly uh, as good if you look at the teams that were so dominant. Um, and then if you factor in all the Penguins' financial issues during that time, uh, really a blessing in disguise that that trade did happen, even if it was not great uh, on paper. Uh, question number four. Uh, really liking Ricard Raquel on that third line with Neilander on the second. Uh, gives us three lines that can score. Now if when uh, Nick Bonino comes back, uh, they can scratch Carter. Uh, we might be cooking with fire.
0: Scratching Carter, it, Brian put that right at the end there. Uh, scratching Carter. That that's going to be what we all hope for. Will it happen? Uh, remains to be seen. But uh, talking about Alex Nylander, now that he's up here, uh, and he's played in three games for the Penguins so far, he's registered an assist in, and he's a plus two in the three games he's played. Uh, like Brian mentioned, he was getting some looks on that second line with Malkin. Uh, And looking at some of his advanced metrics here from the three games he has played, you have to take this with a grain of salt because the sample size is incredibly limited, but in the three games Nylander has played in, he has a Corsi 4 of 57 and a Corsi against of just 30, which that translates to a Corsi 4 percentage of 65.5 and a Fenwick 4 percentage of 65 as well. Again when talking about these two puck possession percentages, anything over the 50% line, the 50% mark means your team is controlling the puck, your team has possession of the puck more often than not. Over 50%, that means you are very, you're a very good puck handler, you have strong puck possession numbers, you can move the puck into the offensive zone to create more scoring chances, and you're not giving the puck away more frequently to the opposition. So, these are encouraging advanced numbers. Again, just one assist in the three games he has played, but the more and more I look at it, the more and more I see from guys like Josh Joey, Dylan Kovacevic, whoever you want to talk to who goes to those media scrums every single day, Rob Rossi too, they're all saying the same thing now. They're all of a sudden, they're right now, they're on the Alex Nylander train saying that he should stay up here. He deserves to stay up here, whether it's Danton Heinen who gets the boot or or Jeff Carter, you know, who we're all hoping and praying for, sees the, uh, sees the press box for the remainder of the season, which I'm not so convinced he will. I think uh, given Mike Sullivan's tendencies and his, his deployment of Jeff Carter in key situations, I have to imagine at least that Carter is going to be on the wing. But if I'm not mistaken, I think Alex Nylander is here on an emergency basis, so I don't know how the salary cap constraints would work how they would be able to keep him up here. I guess you could hypothetically reassign a player like Danton Heinen and try and bury some of that contract in the minors. Again, I don't know how all of the cap scenarios work off the top of my head, but I'm fairly certain is here on an emergency basis, uh, given the, a uh, surprise injury to Nick Bonino, who will be out on a week-to-week basis dealing with a lacerated kidney. So until Bonino gets back, maybe Nylander is here for the remainder of the regular season. We'll we'll see if he continues to look the part and playing alongside one of the greatest to ever do it in Evgeny Malkin. But yeah, like Brian said, if we can get three lines that can score and kind of regularly produce offense, I would feel much more comfortable as the Penguins start to get more, more momentum as we cruise through March into the early parts of April. The regular season comes to a conclusion. So give me more Nylander. I want to see what else he can do. I want to see if this just isn't a flash in the pan or if he's able to sustain some of this in a in a better environment that Pittsburgh was where Chicago and Buffalo were not. Question number five, what are your thoughts, Robbie, on the recently announced $30 million in renovations to PPG Paints Arena? Brian is excited for the new scoreboard and how big it actually will be.
1: I think you're going to start seeing more and more, uh, instead of building new stadiums, they're just going to put a bunch of money into refurbishing. And the Penguins, again, obviously, Uh, PPG Paints Arena is not nearly as old as, say, uh, AccraShare Stadium or PNC Park. But there's going to be – I mean, you're going to have to be constantly improving to keep up uh, with other leagues around the the country, and this is kind of a part of that. Obviously, the scoreboard, uh, if you were uh, someone who went to games at the old Mellon Arena, you remember the scoreboard. That was an old scoreboard and was there for years, I mean – as long as I can remember that the scoreboard that closed down the stadium was the scoreboard that was there uh, for, I don't even know how long, decade, a uh, decade plus at least. And and now again, we're over a decade now, but if you look at some of the scoreboards uh, in the NHL today, they're absolutely, there's like small versions of the uh, scoreboard in at the Dallas Cowboys stadium. Uh, they're long, they have the long, the big LED HD screens. So yeah, that's going to be something that you have to keep up with, um, and it from renderings it does look very nice. Uh, but again, a lot of the the reno's that kind of irk people were club seats that will mostly be for corporate high roller fans. But if you want to be a cap team and keep this gravy train rolling, those are the kind of fans you have to attract. You have to bring in the corporations that will spend. Just boatloads of money on premier experiences at these games, uh, and especially uh, once this era kind of comes to a close, and you have to attract, keep those advertisers and uh, sponsorships rolling. Um, um, after the big, the big guns retire, uh, you have to be able to compete, and um, having those kind of amenities uh, will keep those people uh, coming to the game, and uh, hopefully keep the the gravy train rolling here uh, into the next generation of Penguins hockey. Uh, On to question number six. If Fenway Sports Group, uh, the Penguins owners, do decide to bring in new front office management, uh, would you like to see new coaches as well, considering uh, the power play has been very stale and the penalty kill uh, not as top tier as normal? Would Sullivan have any say on who they would like behind the bench with him?
0: I like that. Brian didn't outright say fire Sullivan because I don't think Sullivan is going to go anywhere if they even do decide to bring in uh, new coaches. If they are, it's going to be, like Brian mentions, assistants that work alongside and behind Sullivan on the bench. I think Sullivan has earned the right to stay here for as long as he wants, given the success that he's had. Yes, this season has uh, not been ideal. And some of Mike Sullivan's tendencies as head coach, specifically deploying Jeff Carter in high leverage situations at the end of games and at the start of overtime, that's drawn the ire of several Penguins fans and will likely continue to do so unless he decides to change things up. But yeah, if FSG decides to scrap Ron Hextall and company, if they do decide to bring in some new assistant coaches, I. Would have to imagine because the power play hasn't really been hasn't been spectacular all season. The penalty the penalty kill isn't it, it, it had it once garnered a reputation of being one of the best in the league, and that's not really the case this season either. So, if those kinds of assistant coach transactions are made, yes, absolutely. There's there's no reason why Sullivan wouldn't have say in who he wants to coach with, because he at, at this point in his career, given what he's accomplished, he absolutely has the right and will probably have the sway to say, I don't think this guy would work well with me. I don't think we would mesh well together. No, this guy doesn't fit my vision, my scheme for strong forecheck, puck possession, however he wants to play his game moving forward. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Sullivan will likely have say in, in who his staff of coaches are if those kinds of changes uh, need to be made question number seven the final question of this week's mailbag segment mailbag episode i should say with the abundance of defensemen hextall has decided this team needs brian would like to see jeff petrie moved in the off season i would rather have that 6.25 million dollar cap hit be used to fix the bottom six robbie should jeff petrie be on the move this summer
1: i think depending i mean there's going to be a lot of roster roster shuffling Uh, This offseason, we know that for a fact. And I think that outside of maybe five players, I don't think that anyone is really quote-unquote safe for the most part. I think that everybody's going to be kind of under a microscope and has the potential to maybe find greener pastures. We already know that Jason Zucker uh, will be a free agent. Um, I think your five safe ones are... Crosby, Malkin, Letang are obvious ones. I do not see them moving on from Jake Gensel. In fact, I think it's more than likely we, maybe, we will see an extension before we see any kind of trade involving him. And I really think that – I don't know if that's on the Penguins' radar or on their list, but I really think that Ricard Raquel has to be on that do-not-touch list with how he's played this season. I really just don't think that uh, moving him is – should be on the table. And I'd even throw – uh, Marcus Pedersen onto that list as well. Uh, we can, you can kind of go back and forth on guys like Pierre, Olivia, Joseph. Uh, I believe Ty Smith can be a piece that's moved. But focusing, going back to the question here, and focusing on Jeff Petrie, I think it's definitely possible you could see him moved. I do not. I would not put it under the likely category because Petrie does something that the Penguins uh, want, and if they can free up cap in other areas or in different ways, and I think that they will go that way. Ah, uh, but I again, there's maybe five, six guys that I would say are completely uh, untouchable, at least in my opinion. Uh, and Jeff Petrie doesn't fall under that category, though I'd put him under the unlikely to move uh, unless the right deal would come to to come uh, come forward. Uh, but again, I think Petrie, not only would he open salary, I think he could garner back uh, a player as well. so you wouldn't necessarily clear uh, that whole six six point two five million. Cap hit, but you would clear uh, a chunk of it and bring back a, a serviceable player that can uh, fill a role that you're looking to improve uh, as well. I think Petrie still has enough a game left in left in him to to go under some kind of piece uh, in return. I just don't see. I, I just don't necessarily believe that uh, Petrie is likely to be moved this offseason. But again, come July or late June, July could be completely wrong, and we could be uh, talking about how the Penguins replaced. Ah, uh, Jeff Petrie in the lineup and what they do with that uh, newfound cap space.
0: All right, seven questions in, seven questions out, and this is again, this is the kind of episode as we wrap up here. This is the kind of new kind of episode that we are going to strive to bring to you on a weekly basis. This shorter, more digestible Uh, a 20-25 minute kind of podcast, and we will repeat the process week in and week out as we uh, inch closer to what is hopefully a long Stanley Cup playoff run. The Penguins have to clinch a playoff spot to get to the dance before that, so uh, we'll keep you up to date on all of the latest Penguins news as well. For the remainder of this week, as this episode will likely go live on Tuesday, March 14th, Given our recent affiliation with Fans First Sports Network, the folks at Vox Media slash SB Nation are in the process of finalizing uh, the last remaining steps needed for podcasts like ours to become fully independent and affiliated with fans First sports network so as a result of the final uh, the finalizing of these details and the last things that need to be done the t's need to be crossed the i's need to be dotted this will be the only episode we release this this week but starting next week uh we will be giving you two episodes uh likely going out uh, on Tuesday. Tuesday will be the mailbag episode that we will put out on a regular basis and the traditional news uh, news episode that we have been putting out on Fridays that will still likely go out on Fridays as well. Again, stay tuned to our social media platform. Follow the Skating Penguin Network on Twitter at PenguinsFFSN. Follow Fans First Sports Network on Twitter at FansFirstSN to get all the latest updates as we continue to try and make this endeavor, this brand new podcasting endeavor, the best it can possibly be. But until then, until next week when we are officially affiliated with Fans First and we are no longer affiliated with Vox Media, until then, I have been Garrett Bahana for Robbie Noggle. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Penscast Mailbag, and we will talk to all of you again this time next week. (laughs) We'll be right back. <laughs> back.